0: Last fall, our staff and elders sensed the Lord calling us to reemphasize the mission of our church. We knew that we didn't need to come up with a new mission because Jesus already gave us our mission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. This is our purpose. The question for us was how? How would we make disciples of Jesus Christ? We decided to build our disciple-making efforts around two central pillars, helping people know Christ and make him known. Within these two central pillars are nine key characteristics of a disciple. We want to make disciples who know Christ in four specific ways, personally through salvation, prayerfully by life with the Holy Spirit, biblically through the scriptures, and relationally in community. Likewise, we want to make disciples who make Christ known in four particular ways, missionally by reaching the lost, mercifully by caring for the needy, generationally by training the younger generation, and resourcefully by investing in eternal treasures. And most of all, we want to make disciples who do all of this worshipfully, with the love of Christ as the motivating center of all we do. Simply stated, we exist to help people know Christ and make him known. That's why we're here. This led us to introduce our Make Him Known initiative in October of 2021. Although our church was growing and our facilities needs were increasing, our leadership was excited about not just doing a building campaign, but rather reconcentrating on our discipleship efforts. This is what Make Him Known is all about. It's a two-year generosity initiative to support the disciple-making mission that God has given to UBC. We introduced the Make Him Known vision in a strategic approach, starting with our core leadership, then out to our ministry volunteers, and eventually to the church as a whole through a five-week sermon series called Make Him Known. The vision for Make Him Known is making Christ known here, near, and everywhere. Here meaning among those who are already here at our church, near meaning among people who are nearby but not yet connected to our church, and everywhere meaning in any place where people don't yet know Him. Make Him Known consists of three main goals. To honor God, to see UBC engage, and over the next two years to receive $4.5 million in financial gifts. 2.3 million for ministry here, supporting our operating budget, 1.7 million for reaching people near by expanding our facilities, and $500,000 for ministry everywhere as we reach the lost through missions, and mercy ministry, and church planting efforts. So what might UBC look like when we reach these goals? Well, if we raise the 2.3 million for ministry here, it ultimately helps the people of UBC mature as disciples of Jesus. Individuals and families who are already here get to worship and serve and grow together. Plus, we'll be able to add new staff members that will bolster our leadership in several key areas. If we reach our $1.7 million goal for ministry near, we'll be able to reach more people in our community. By expanding our buildings, we'll have the capacity to host and welcome more souls into our church. And if we reach our $500,000 goal of ministry everywhere, then more people around the world will be reached for Christ. More missionary partners will be financially supported. New Mercy Ministries will be launched from our church, and we will be financially set up to support church planting efforts in the future. This was the vision we introduced in the Make Him Known series last fall. And we ask the church to take action in four specific ways. To sincerely pray, to fully engage, to actively serve, and to generously give. We capped off that sermon series with a commitment Sunday where we asked everyone at UBC to make a two-year financial commitment to support the Make Him Known vision. And man, did you guys respond. Let me list some highlights, just some of the ways in which we've seen God's faithfulness as the people of UBC have engaged in the Make Him Known initiative. Financially speaking, you initially responded by committing to give $5.1 million over two years. That far exceeded our commitment goal of $4.5 million. In fact, on our first Big Give Sunday in December, you gave over $500,000 in just one weekend. And since then, your giving has been consistent and strong to the point where we have already collected over half of your $5.1 million in commitment. This is an incredible answer to prayer. God has used your giving to help us bring several new staff members on board. We've hired four new part-time staff to support our missions and mercy ministries, our children's ministry, our student ministry, and to support our tech team. Plus, we've added two new full-time staff members to include a facilities manager and an assistant director of missions and mercy ministries. These new positions are also an answer to prayer and another evidence of God's kindness to us as we grow. When it comes to our building, it seems like just yesterday that it was March and hundreds of people came out to our groundbreaking service and prayed over our expansion project. Shortly thereafter, construction began, and now roughly 90% of our building has been completed. This is largely due to God bringing us our partnership with Builders for Christ. Through the summer and into the fall, we've had over 1,100 volunteers come from 89 different churches across 25 different states, and over 400 of you in the UBC family have joined in and helped. Thank you. Let me cap off the praises with some exciting numbers about what God has done since we launched Make Him Known a year ago. Attendance in our children's and student ministries has grown by over 25%. We've had successful collection drives blessing Shaw Elementary with over $1,000 of needed items as well as the Miami Valley Women's Center with over 7,000 diapers. We've added eight new missions partners that we support through church funds. We've been able to start two new ministries, a pro-life ministry and a new ministry for foster and adoptive families. Our average in-person attendance has grown from 730 to just over 900. Over 80 new members have joined the church, 27 believers have been baptized, and we have added nine new deacons and one new elder. And on top of that, 143 people have become brand new financial givers. God has been so faithful this past year, and so have you. Again, thank you, church family. As for the hurdles and challenges, well, this is nothing new to you, but the limited size of our current facilities causes crowding to be a continued problem. Please keep being patient. We are so close to being able to move into the new facility. Additionally, inflation has increased far more than we anticipated. That, of course, has increased the cost to complete our building projects. And for those of you who have made financial commitments to make him known, The inflation challenge emphasizes how much we need you to keep your commitment. And if you're new and haven't yet made a commitment, your generosity would go a long way to help us as well. So to recap, our whole goal is to make him known here, near, and everywhere. We want to see the people of our church grow and mature as disciples of Christ. We want to show our community the love of Jesus, and we want to be able to take the gospel to the lost wherever they are. That's what our Make Him Known initiative is all about, and that's what your unwasted life will be all about, knowing Christ and making Him known. We have one lifetime to live for the Lord, one lifetime to make an impact in this world for His glory. Let's not waste it. Let's finish strong and continue to persevere in the disciple-making mission. As Galatians says, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So finally, here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you commit to attending every Sunday from October 23rd through November 13th as we refresh our Make Him Known initiative? Would you join together with a smaller group of UBC people to cover the remainder of the Make Him Known initiative in prayer? And if you're not in a group, reach out. We'll be happy to help you get connected. Would you sincerely open up your heart and gladly give whatever the Lord is calling you to give, whether that's completing your initial financial commitment or increasing it or making a commitment for the very first time? As we said at the beginning, we want 100% of us doing 100% of whatever God calls us to do. He is at work. Let's join him, and let's continue to fulfill the mission to make him known. Well, here we are at the midpoint of our two-year Make Him Known initiative, and for those of you guys who were here Like a year ago, it probably seems like just yesterday that we were launching all this to the church. For those of you who have been here for less than a year, you may feel like you you might not know much about the Make Him Known initiative. But this is an exciting, exciting season for our church. And I'm so glad that you're here today because today we're kicking off a three-week sermon series that we're calling Make Him Known a Refresh, right? So here we are refreshing this vision. And in our refresh of the Make Him Known initiative, what we want to do is really accomplish two goals. We'd love those who are new to UBC within the past year to join in the Make Him Known vision. And the second goal is that for those who were here last year when we launched it, we want you to continue in the Make Him Known vision. That's the, really the, the big purpose of these next, uh, these next three weeks, and so I want to be really clear, when we're talking about Make Him Known, uh, Make Him Known is, um, yes, it is the, the name of our, our three-week sermon series. It, it's also the name of our two-year uh, initiative as a church, but making Christ known is worth far more than a three-week sermon series. It's worth far more than a two-year campaign as a church. It is worth giving our whole lives to. It is, it, is, it is worth every sacrifice that we make in order to help the world know Jesus. And so church family, that's why our mission statement as a church is to help people know Christ and to make him known. That's why we're here. And so we hope that that mission is made clear in the little booklets that uh, each of you received. Hopefully everybody who came in has one right by now. Um, for those of you who were here last year, if you've started to look through this, you'll see that a lot of the information that's in here is the same as last year. We do have some new updates in here that I wanted to draw your attention to, especially on page four. I would just encourage you, if you'd um, like to on your own time, to just read over some of these statistics and numbers and facts uh, about what the Lord has done over the past year and where we are currently with some challenges right now. Um, I think that that would be just some new information for you. But in this booklet, we also have a couple inserts That I wanted to also draw your attention to. So the first one is the missions handout that Jim and Aldine uh, provided for us last Sunday. Which by the way, last Sunday, Mission Sunday was awesome right? I mean, it was great. My family and I uh, attended over at UBC East. We had never attended a service at East before, so we attended there, and uh, man, when we left the service, like, everybody around me was all in tears and crying, the good kind of tears, not the bad ones, right? So they were all in tears, and everybody was happy, and it was good, like, you know, um, but I wanted to just publicly say to Jim and Aldine, like, and to our missions team and video guys, like you guys did a great job last Sunday. I was just talking to a, a lady at uh, East earlier this morning, and she said, I, I, she, I think she said, I've been a Christian for like over 40 years. She said that was the most encouraging mission service I've ever seen. And so if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen or watch that one online, I hope that you'll do that. Um, the second insert, well, let me say this, the, you know, the, in, the first insert here with the missions uh, team You know, you can just read about different ways that you can be involved, and I really encourage you to scan the QR code when you have time and uh, get involved as the Lord is leading you to do that. The second insert that's inside your booklet is our Make Him Known commitment card. Um, If you were here last year, then this commitment card will be very familiar to you. If you weren't here, it'll be new to you, but I want to take a minute and talk to you about this. If you just open it up and look at the very top, you can see... That uh, at the top, it really talks about our three-part financial target. Um, And by the way, anybody who's joining us online today, if you have your phone nearby, if you just go to ubcbeavercreek.com, on our menu bar, you can see that there's a a spot for you to click that just says 2022 MHK uh, booklet. Um, You can follow along with things there. You can also see the commitment card online. Um, But, uh, you know, as you can look at the commitment card, you can see at the top... $2.3 million is dedicated for ministry here, which means it will support our operations, our staff, our ministries that are going on here at UBC. $1.7 million would be given towards ministry near to expand our facilities here at Maine and over at East. And $500,000 would be given to ministry everywhere, um, really dedicated towards missions work and mercy ministries and church planting efforts. And so. Uh, that kind of leads up to a total that we're trying to raise of $4.5 million over uh, a two-year process. So by the end of 2023, we're praying that the Lord would bring us $4.5 million. So every dollar that you give to UBC goes towards the Make Him Known vision. Every dollar that you give. There's not like a separate building fund or a separate designated fund for the facilities Every dollar you give goes towards this. And of course, if, we, if uh, we receive more than $4.5 million, that will allow us to pay down our debt quicker and, and really make progress on the building there. So that's the top of the card I wanted you guys to see. The bottom of the card you can see really has to do with your commitment. The left side of the bottom has to do with people who, um, are, uh, who have made a commitment last year. You can review that. The right side of the card is for people who are making a commitment for the first time this year. We're going to cover that whole section in detail next Sunday. So, um, you know, we'll get into that more later. But on November 13th, I'm going to be asking everyone who attends to turn in a commitment card. And those of you who are online, uh, you'll be able to have an electronic version to do that as well. But I want to give you a heads up now so it doesn't catch you off guard on November 13th, right? I don't want you to show up and be like, what's this going on here? well, we want to talk about it each week leading up to the 13th. And I want to reiterate what I said last year. This is not going to be a high pressure, you know, twist your arm thing to give. We're not going to ask anybody to give any specific amounts or anything like that. What we've said from the beginning and what I want to reiterate right now again is this. We want 100% of us doing 100% of whatever God calls us to do. And if we do that, then I believe that God will meet every need in abundance, actually. We'll probably have more than we need when uh, everybody does that. So here's what I'm asking you to consider. This is the specific stuff for you. If you previously made a commitment and previously turned into card to make him known, I'm asking you to recall and remember your commitment and then consider what the Lord might be calling you to do. Maybe some of you are behind on your commitment. You need to catch up. Maybe some of you have the means to be able to um, give ahead and actually kind of maybe fulfill your commitment early. Maybe some of you have been blessed with financial means that you weren't expecting this year, and so the Lord may call you to increase your commitment. But that's for you who did make a commitment last year. For those of you who haven't previously made a commitment, my request for you is just simple. Would you start to pray and just say, Lord, do you want me to be part of this? If so, how do you want me to commit to the Make Him Known vision? And if everyone could come ready to turn in your commitment cards on November 13th, then that would be great. So I hope that between the video and talking through the booklet and these inserts, I hope this helps you feel well um, informed about the Make Him Known vision and where we're going with that. So that being said, let's jump into today's message. And I want to get into it by looking at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, that's where we're going to be today. So like I said, this will be a three-week sermon series about making Christ known here, near and everywhere. And this week, I want to focus on our call to make him known here, among the people of UBC. In other words, today we're going to be talking about our call to grow and mature spiritually as a church. That's what's addressed in the text uh, in Second Peter today. So we're going to be looking at Second Peter, chapter one, verses three through 11. As we look at that text, I'm going to draw out three things pertaining to our spiritual growth. The first thing we're going to see is the resources of our growth. Secondly, we'll see the work of our growth. And third, we'll see the reward of our growth. And all of that will lead us hopefully to embrace this one simple challenge that in order to make Christ known here in our church, we must be committed to spiritual growth together. In order to make Christ known here in our church, we must be committed to spiritual growth together. Now, before we get into our passage in 2 Peter, as always, I like to always remember the context of what's going on. This, is, this book of the Bible is called 2 Peter because it's the second letter written by the Apostle Peter to a handful of churches that were in the area of Asia Minor in the first century A.D., this is His second letter is different from his first letter because in the first letter, he was really writing to encourage them um, against threats that were coming in from the outside and opposition that was coming in from outside the church. Here in 2 Peter, now he's addressing issues that are going on inside the church. And so... Um, He's concerned that false teachers are creeping into the church, that heresy is being brought, people are being misled. And so in Peter's mind, inspired by the Holy Spirit, here's what he understands. It's that the more that believers are growing and maturing and developing in their faith and in their spiritual maturity, then the less likely it's going to be for them to be deceived and led astray by a false teacher. So that's why in 2 Peter starts out with this emphasis on the importance of believers growing uh, in spiritual maturity. So, let's get into it. Um, he gives a couple verses of greeting in Second Peter 1, verses 1 and 2. And then in verse 3, he says this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers in the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So I want you to see right away that in this text, Peter is addressing the issue of growth in godliness. He's talking about spiritual maturity. He's talking about engaging in the divine nature uh, and being separated from, you know, the corruption that is in the world because of sin. So he's talking about our spiritual growth. And right away, he delivers a couple things that God has given to us that enable us and empower us to grow. And we're going to call these the resources of our growth. We see two resources mentioned by the Apostle Peter here in these verses. The first of the two resources for our growth is this. The first one is God's power. It's God's power. He says in verse 3 that God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. God's power. Guys, what a blessing to think that God's power is working in us as we grow. Think about the gift that 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 is, this unlimited, unstoppable, you know, there's there's infinite power when it comes to God's power, and that power is given to you for your growth. Think about the power of God for a moment. The power of God can create the universe and keep the cosmos in order. The power of God can form galaxies and solar systems and planets, and it can make Stars and suns and oceans and things like gravity and physics and beauty and colors and people and emotions and smiles and personalities. You know, all these things. The power of God can heal the sick. The power of God can raise the dead. And it's that power, the power of God, that will be at work in us to grow us in our godliness. That's an amazing resource, and that's the first one. The second one that is given to us is God's promises. It's his promises. In verse 4, Peter says that God has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. All right? So we become partakers in the divine nature, meaning we're, we're starting to separate ourselves from the sinful nature, from the sinful and fleshly ways of the world. We're starting to grow in godliness like him because he's living inside of us, Peter says in verse 3. Because we've, by his power, our, our eyes and our minds have been opened to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when our eyes and minds get open to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we start to become aware of the promises that God has made to us. And these promises are what help grow us in our faith. Let me just remind you of some of these precious and very great promises of God. God has told us in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said in Isaiah 41, 10, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my what? Righteous right hand. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go and I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God promises us in Philippians 4 verse 9 that the peace of God, which what? Passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. James chapter 1 verse 5 promises us that any of us who lacks wisdom, that we can ask of God, and he will generously give to all without reproach, and it will be given to us. These are some of God's precious and great promises. And church family, these precious and great promises are given to us for our growth. Wonderful promises from the Lord. Part of our growth and our spiritual maturity, guys, is to learn to believe the promises of God to live out of them, to live our lives based upon them. Because when we think about God promising wisdom and direction and counsel and that he's going to provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory and he, he promises rest and he promises peace and he promises strength. You know, some of those promises in our hardest moments, man, some of those promises almost seem too good to be true. But as D.L. Moody once said a long time ago, D.L. Moody, the great evangelist now at home in heaven, says, God never made a promise that was too good to be true. God never made a promise that was too good to be true. Man, they're so good and they're so true. So bank on the promises of God. This is a mark of a growing, maturing, developing Christian. When we're immature in our faith, We waver when we look at the promises of God. We don't even really think about the promises of God when we're immature in our faith. But when we live life, when we're becoming mature, we take advantage of that resource, the wonderful, precious, true promises of God. So God has given us resources for our growth, his promises and his power. And I want you to think about how the two are interrelated with one another. Think about this. Promises are only as good as one's power to fulfill them. Promises are only as good as one's power to fulfill them. So, for instance, uh, if I told you that I was going to give you a million dollars and then write you a check for a million dollars, that would be basically a waste of a promise, right? Why is that? Because I don't have a million dollars. And I also know that I can't get a million dollars as quickly as you'd like to go cash that check, right? It can't happen. I do know some people who could write you for a check for a million dollars and their names are... Scott Dixon and Phil Wing and, you know, call the elders of the church. They'll provide that million. So the truth is, guys, like, let me, I just want to say it this way. The truth is that even if you do know someone who can write you a check for a million dollars, what do you still have to do? You still have to take it to the bank. You still have to cash the check. They have the power to make a legitimate promise you then have to take the responsibility to act upon it. And that's the way it is with God. He has the legitimate power to help. He makes the promise to help, but we have to take him up on it, which leads right into the second point of our sermon today. This passage doesn't just address the resources of our growth. It also uh, addresses the the work of our growth, The, the thing we're responsible for. Verses five through seven say this, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So Peter is talking to those who have faith. They've, through God's power, their eyes have been opened. They've come to have the knowledge of Christ and they've expressed faith in him. So these people have faith. And then he lists seven Characteristics, or or seven supplements, is what he calls them here. Supplements are things that are added on, right? So think about uh, all these bodybuilders and weightlifters, right? Like they they have made a decision. And that they're gonna get healthy and fit. And then they don't just lift weights and have a diet plan. What do they do? They oftentimes take supplements, their nutrients or ingredients that add muscle or speed up their metabolism, that do things to make them even more fit and more healthy. They are additives, like things that are added to make them grow. And so Peter's idea here in verses five through seven is similar. He's saying, these are things that we add to our faith. For our growth in godliness. I want to be very clear, by the way. These are not things that we add to our faith in order to make us saved. This text has already said no, God grants us through his power the knowledge of Christ. Right? So God saves us. Now, when we're saved, as saved people, uh, we don't add things in order to earn our salvation, but rather because we've received salvation, now we want to grow in godliness towards the God who gave us that salvation. So we're talking about spiritual growth. And here, Peter lists off seven of these spiritual supplements, things to add into our lives, to work into our lives. He says that we should add virtue. Virtue means your morality, the determination to excel at doing good and not evil. He says add knowledge. In other words, add understanding. Come to work your mind to know God deeply and to to know the truth of who he is. He says add self-control. In other words, add discipline, the controlling of your desires. That's a mark of spiritual maturity. He says, add steadfastness or perseverance, the ability to stand firm under trials. That's a a mark of someone who is growing spiritually mature in their faith. He says, then add godliness, which by the way, godliness in the original language here, it actually means like reverence and honor. It's somebody who really lives for God because they honor God and they have a sense of awe and respect for them in their hearts. He says, you're growing as a disciple when you add brotherly affection, when you love the church. You know, when you become a Christian, um, all of a sudden you have this new spiritual family and it's like, man, I didn't know all these people before, but now I'm a Christian. And I, I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. I wanna help them. I wanna care for them. That's this brotherly affection, your love for the church. And then he says, add Love agape, the sacrificial Christ-like love that marks the hearts of true believers. Guys, these are our spiritual supplements. These are the things that we add to our life. These are the things that we are to be pursuing and developing in our lives. That's why verse 5 again tells us, make every effort, make every effort to supplement your faith. We are to make an effort not to earn our salvation, but because we've been granted salvation. So guys, what I want you to understand, this is basic, but I think sometimes people get confused on this. Guys, the the Christian life is participation with God. He has the promises and the power. We have efforts that we make to participate with Him. In other words, living the Christian life doesn't mean you just get saved and then you just float, you just rest, you just... Do nothing. You just, there's no idea in scripture that you just kind of grow, you know, by, by drifting. If anything, the scripture tells us that if we get to a point of drifting, we drift away from the Lord. The scripture tells us, you know, that we are to make efforts to grow in godliness. So we don't just become a Christian and do nothing and just kind of suddenly become a mature believer over time, which, which means, I just want to make this very clear, guys, your physical age doesn't necessarily determine your spiritual maturity, You can be older physically and still be a baby spiritually. How does that happen? Because maybe you got saved and trusted Christ, but you never added any supplements. You never continued to participate in growth. You never made an effort to walk seriously to know God and make him known and to grow in the Christian life. Spiritual growth takes participation with God. You make an effort, he has the power to make you mature. You cooperate with him, he will develop you. This is the work of our spiritual growth. And that's what we see in this text. And the other thing we see in this text is that the work will be worth it. I want to talk about the third part of this message. It's the reward for our growth. We see the reward for our growth in verses 8 through 11. Verse 8, Peter says this, For if these qualities are yours, right? He's talking about those supplemental qualities, those seven characteristics he just listed. For if these qualities are yours are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about what happens. This is the result. You grow in these supplemental qualities. If they're increasing in you, if they're abounding, if they're growing in your life, then here's what's going to happen. You won't be ineffective. You won't be unfruitful in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus. In other words, God's promise here to you is if you make an effort to grow, God's going to grow you. He's going to grow you. It's simple. It's, it's just like, it's, it's almost like a promise of transformation. It's, it's uh, just like when you're born you grow. In fact, if you're born, but you're not growing, then what do you immediately know? You immediately know something's wrong because the expected process after someone is born is that they grow. Um, I don't know, you know, parents in the room, you'll relate to this, but every once in a while you have these moments where you get sentimental and you go and you bring up the old pictures on your phone or your computer or in your photo books or Facebook surprises you with a memory from five years ago. And you have these pictures of your kids from like years back. And you look at these pictures and you see what's changed in them. And, and what, do you, what do you think to yourself? Wow, I can't believe how much they've grown. I can't believe how much they've changed. And the same, guys, is true in the Christian life. We should be able to look back and see, man, God, I'm not perfect, but praise you. I'm not who I once was. You have been changing me. I have grown by your grace. There will be transformation in the life of a Christian. And here's the thing. The problem is that some people will say things like this. You know, I gave Jesus a try, but it didn't work. And after 20 years of ministry, what I would say is most usually the case is you might have tried Jesus and then just quit. Because here's the truth, man. Jesus won't quit on you. When he saves you, he keeps you. If he's called you, he's going to grow you. If you're born again, you're going to be growing and transforming, moment by moment being made more and more into the image of Christ. You're not going to be sinless or perfect until the day we get to heaven, but there will be transformation going on by God's grace. And so that's why Peter says in verse 9, catch what he says in verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So Peter is saying, you know, as Christians, don't, don't get so caught up in the here and now. Don't get so caught up in the temporal needs of this world that you wander back into your ways of sin. Don't forget that God has saved you, changed you, transformed you, made you new. In other words, Peter is saying, hey, Christian, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. This is kind of a, an embarrassing story to tell, but I'm going to tell it anyways. Um, I don't know, just over 15 years ago, Rachel and I had our, our first kid And one day I was at my in-law's house uh, with our newborn and Rachel had already left and kind of went home or went somewhere. And now it was time for me to go. And so I pack up and I head out to my car and I'm about to head out. And uh, when I'm getting into the driver's seat, I look up and I see my sister-in-law kind of waving to me. And I'm like, "Um, yeah, I kind of poke my head out the car and I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, "Um, Jason, your child And she holds up my baby carrier with my new baby in it, right? And uh, what had happened, right, in that moment? I got so caught up in what was going on in the moment that I forgot who I was, a new dad. I couldn't believe it, right? I'm like, please don't ever tell my wife that story, right? So now here I am telling it publicly in a church service. But that's what Peter is saying here in verse 9. Like, if we're not making an effort to, to grow in our faith and to live as people who are born again, then you know what we're doing? We're forgetting who we are. We are new creations. The old life has passed away. The new has come. So we live out this divine nature that we've been granted through Jesus. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he prepared, in, uh, which he prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. Right? So this is what we do. We, we, we live out this new identity that Jesus has given us. We are, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next over time. So we make an effort to grow, and what does God do? God grows us. On to verse 10. Verse 10 says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, again, those supplements above, you will never fall. I want to be very clear. This does not mean that you'll never sin. Okay? What this means is that you will never fall away. You'll never become what the Bible calls an apostate. If you want to grow in Christ, God will grow you. You will persevere to the end. And you will show by pursuing Jesus and pursuing fruit in your life, you will show that your faith is genuine, that your calling and election is sure, that God has indeed saved you and made you born again and called you to himself. And that leads to the great reward of verse 11. Verse 11 says, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Richly provided for you. Richly provided for me, for the church, an entrance into the eternal kingdom. Do you ever wonder what it's going to be like when you enter God's eternal kingdom? Peter kind of gives us a little hint here. It's, gonna be, it's, it's, a, it's an entrance that's richly provided for you. It's special. It's, it's a blessing. It's, a, it's some sort of a, it's like this. You know, imagine like a championship team that went and won a championship game on the road and now they're coming back to their home city and everybody's cheering them on. You did it. Imagine uh, soldiers at war. They win the victory and they come home. And there's rejoicing and celebration that they're there. Maybe the best picture that we can have is a bride that's getting ready to walk down the aisle. And she comes and she sees her groom and they're about to be connected and and married. And what does everybody do when the bride comes? They all stand and celebrate the bride. That's what Peter has in mind here. And Christian, that's what it's going to be like. Something like that for us. Our loved ones from of old who have gone on before us, cheering them on. The saints who have been our great cloud of witnesses, cheering us on. All the waiting, all the toil, all the perseverance, all the effort. It's all going to be worth it, right? Every moment that you ever dedicated to studying God's word, every moment that you ever dedicated to prayerfully knowing him, every spiritual conversation you ever had with your child or your spouse or your family members or your friends or your coworkers, every trial that you've had to endure, every ministry that you've ever served in in the church or for the Lord somewhere, it will all be worth it. When you see your king look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into my joy. It'll be worth it. As one pastor said, the gains of heaven will be worth far more than any losses on earth. That's the great reward of our growth. So church family, to make Christ known here in our church, we must be committed to spiritual growth together. I want to get real practical with you and talk about how this kind of ties into our make him known vision and Before we close, let me just share with you some of the efforts that will help us make Christ known here through Make Him Known. Make Him Known will help people here in our church, will help people here grow by, first of all, funding our existing ministries, as well as starting some new ones. All right, so Make Him Known will help fund our existing ministries, as well as start new ones. So this includes, guys, everything that we're doing Everything that we're doing from our worship services to our children's ministries, to our growth groups, to leader trainings, to church-wide events, to pastoral care and counseling, women's ministry, uh, you know, pro-life ministry, ministries of mercy, foster and adoptive care. You know, your giving helps fund these ministries that help people grow. It also is going to help us start new ministries the first one that you can see we're going to be starting this year, Lord willing, will be an apologetics type ministry where people who are seekers in the faith, but they still have questions or, or maybe doubts that they're working through that they need to get over in order to cross that line of faith. We want us to heart emphasizing an apologetics or Christian discovery type ministry for them. The second ministry we want to get started in 2023 is what we're going to call care groups. We already have growth groups. But we need to start care groups that are available for people who are going through very specific types of pain or hurt or need. People who are dealing with grief. People who are dealing with infertility. People who are dealing with divorce. People who are having parenting challenges. All sorts of things. In the long run, we sense the Lord calling us to develop care groups to help people grow in those specific ways. This year, we're, in 2023, we're also going to start emphasizing leadership training so that all of our volunteers, whether you're already serving or whether you're newly joining a serving team, so that you can be better equipped for your service to the Lord. So your participation in Make Him Known will help make Christ known here by supporting the ministries of our church that help people grow. Your participation in Make Him Known will also help us have leadership to do that. And so it, your participation in Make Him Known will also support our existing staff, as well as allow us, Lord willing, to hire three new staff members. So as you saw in the video a few moments ago, you know, we have been able to bring some new staff on. We presently have seven full-time staff members and five very part-time part-timers. But as our church grows numerically and candidly, as our church desires to grow spiritually, we're going to need leaders of various types to help uh, lead those ministries that help us grow. So this year, Lord willing, I'd like to add three new uh, staff members to our team. The first is a part-time position that we would call a pastor or director of New Connections. And this person would be responsible for carrying some of Phil Wing's old responsibilities that he had before he became our worship leader. You know, things like our welcome team and Uh, our process of assimilation and and our parking team, some of that, but also walking with people who are newly connecting to the Lord. From that process of being a seeker to a new believer to being baptized and then a member of our church, right? That new connection, that's what we want this person to lead and guide. Plus they're gonna be responsible for that apologetics ministry that I mentioned a few minutes ago. So that's a a first part-time position. The second position is full-time, You guys have already heard about this one. It's our pastor of prayer and community life. Our search committee is well underway in that process. We have several good candidates that we're talking through right now. Um, But this person will also backfill a portion of Phil Wing's old responsibilities. Covering things like pastoral care, weddings, funeral, working with our deacon ministry, hospital visits, uh, kind of an introductory level of counseling, those types of things. But this person is also going to do something that I'm so excited about. By God's grace, we hope this person can develop and implement a a vision for church-wide prayer. We want to be a church that doesn't just pray sometimes, but that we have a culture of prayer in our church. And we need to grow in this area. And it's hard to grow as a church in prayer because our fleshliness just doesn't ever really want to engage in that very well. But we think this is where the Lord is calling us. So pray for this person. The third position we'd like to hire is a pastor of leadership and education. And this person would be responsible for more fully developing our adult classes ministry. Plus he would develop the processes and tools for uh, every ministry to be able to train their volunteers and leaders better. So that you are better equipped for ministry in whatever capacity the Lord has called you to do that. So these are the new staff and your participation in Make Him Known will do these things. We're doing these things so that we can do what? Grow spiritually to know Christ more and more. Now, I know that many of you, just as a little side note, some of you are like, hey, how do we stay in the loop on this? You know, it's good to have videos to get us caught up, but how do we have more frequent updates? Those would be helpful. Let me just give you one practical thing. There are um, two easy ways for you to stay informed in what's going on in our church The the best way for you to stay informed is for you to sign up for our church email, to be on our email list. Um, We're going to put a little picture up on the screen with a QR code that you can scan, and if you scan it, um, you can punch in your uh, your contact info and all of that, and that will subscribe you to our email list. You could also fill out this um, connection card that are in the backs of the chairs in front of you, and just write your name and your email address on there and say, "Sign me up for the newsletter, for your email." Because here's what happens with our email. I know that email gets burdensome, all right? But here's the deal. We don't have time to make 1,200 phone calls every time we have a church announcement. So we need you guys to participate with us. We're gonna do our best to provide meaningful newsletters. Um, Once a week, we send you a weekly update about what's going on this week in our church. Once a month, we'll send you an update on the Make Him Known vision and where things stand. And then also it'll add you to our monthly members meeting um, list so that you can receive our Our members' meeting agendas, which are very detailed, like 35 pages long, if you just need to spend some time reading, right? So you can read those at your pleasure, but you'll stay in the loop there. Uh, But I really would encourage you to sign up for our church email. That would be a good way for you to stay involved. The second thing you could do to stay informed is to follow us on social media, Um, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. We often put out little clips of information that people find helpful and you would find helpful if you follow us there. So those are the best ways for you to stay in the loop. I know it's a little side tangent, but I did want to address that as we're getting ready to jump back into emphasizing, make him known once again. But church family, what has been the big point from God's word today? What has been the big point from 2 Peter chapter one? We have been talking about the importance of spiritual growth. And to make Christ known here in our church, we must be committed to spiritual growth together because God has given us the resources. He's given us his power. He's given us his promises. We must be committed to doing the work of our growth, living out those seven supplements, growing in those. And we must also live with the expectation of the reward of our growth. Entrance into his eternal kingdom. So church family, let's grow together as we make him known here. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you that we can open your word and hear what you have to say to us. And Lord, it is a blessing and a privilege to be part of your church, and thank you that you've brought each and every person here. Lord, um, it is easy for us to coast Sometimes the work of our growth is difficult, but Lord, I pray that you would let us enjoy the fruit of a disciplined life, to be able to live trusting your promises and live experiencing your power, and Lord, to do it with an anticipation of the great reward of seeing you one day in your eternal kingdom. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that you love us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.